this out. Well, good, I think we're in the afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. This is on Monday. This Hi, I'm Steve, and Pastor Paul is here with me. Hello, Pastor Paul. Hello, Steve. Good to be here with you. And we're here back with the Foundations podcast. And, um, well, today is going to be a pretty intense subject that we're going to be dealing with. I think it's a very, uh, you know, a very important subject that we want to deal with. We want to talk about this because... There are so many people that have fallen under bondage. They're living, they're walking the Christian life scared in fear and, and condemnation for that matter because of these subjects. Now, what we're talking about today, and let me just say, this is going to be part, probably part one and two of backsliding and the unforgivable sin or the unpardonable sin, whatever you want to call it. There's several names that we use for yes. it. Um, and, but we're going to start with backsliding because this is a very timely thing that we need to talk about because, uh, we really see a lot of backsliding today, don't we, Pastor? Yes, we do. And, uh, the Barner report, uh, that just came out, which I found very shocking and I think we have alluded to it. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, 10 years ago, the average, uh, you know, attendees of, of a church yeah. was 137. 137, okay. Today, and when we say average, this is all churches, irregardless of denomination. All righty. It's 65. 65. So we basically cut it in half, 50% of what yeah, we used to be. a lot be. of the drop happened within the last couple of years. And, and I do believe COVID had a, a, a part in that. But let me, let me ask you this. Some people would say, well... Uh, you, are you? Why would you attribute that drop in church attendance to backsliding? Because you know you can you can watch it on TV. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Yeah, and that is uh, that 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 in itself is deception. Uh, you know, in fact, I had a, a conversation with a gentleman just earlier today. And we were talking in terms of the rapture of the church. Okay. And uh, and and one of the things I was I was pleased to hear him say this, but he says, you know, that's why people need to be warned. We don't have forever. In other words, time is short. Time is short. And yeah. uh, and all these people who are not going to church but think they're a Christian, Jesus is not coming back after them. He's coming back for his church. For the church. And uh, yeah, and, and like I, I didn't say to him, but I, I've said this before. Yeah, yeah, the church, you know, that thing that Jesus said on this rock, I'll build my church mm -hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail against. Yeah, that, that, that church. Yeah, that church. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and so the point is God gave, he's coming after his church. That, that, that's who's going to be raptured up. Yes. How do we know that? Because Paul wrote to a church about it. Anyway, and uh, also the gifts of the Holy Spirit were not given to just wild people out there. It was given to the church. How do we know that? He wrote to the Corinthians about it. Yes. And and so, you know, if, if, if people are not going to church, another way to say it is they're not right with God. No. Something's wrong when I don't want to fellowship with my brother and sister. I don't want to worship corporately with mm -hmm. all the other people uh, that love God. Now, and in today's subject, when we start talking about backsliding, we are actually going to mention that. Yes. We are going to mention that. And uh, so uh, I want you to you know, pay attention. This is very important information. When, when, and I, I think I said this the other day, is that when, when, we, when we do these podcasts, we are not just pulling some opinion of man or somebody's opinion. We are actually going to the Word of God, to the Bible, and looking at what God says about these subjects. 
and uh, and not because of an opinion or something that has been popular or something that's been believed by a bunch of people. That that when it comes to the Word of God, if it doesn't agree with the Word of God, sorry, that's not true. And that's where we bring our truth. So, uh, and we we talked about, and maybe maybe we'll do another podcast on people with a biblical worldview. What that means, it's very important that you have a biblical world view. Alrighty, enough of my uh, cajoling here. Let's get on into the subject. Now, Pastor, what is backsliding? Well, backsliding is what happens when someone turns away from God. And and I believe it's subtle in the beginning. The end result of backsliding is people leave the church. They don't go to church anywhere. They don't fellowship with any other Christians. And uh, they find themselves outside. And, and by the way, those are biblical terms. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs fourteen fourteen is probably the most famous uh, passage about backsliding. Okay. And uh, and it says this: the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. The by, oh, yep, there it is. Proverbs fourteen fourteen. But a good man will be satisfied from above. And mm-hmm. so, no, notice it said backslider in heart. And that's where really all of this starts. It's the heart, our affections, uh, you know, the seat of our emotions, the things we think about. And, uh, and, and you know, and, and Jesus talked about the heart can be uh, evil, you know, yes. worse, because that's where all the ungodly things like murder and, and, and sexual immorality, they all proceed from the heart. Yes. And, uh, and so when we don't guard our heart, and by the way, we have adequate scripture to talk about that. But yes. the point if we don't guard it, if we don't, if we don't know what steals our affection, and, and, and this is probably the the biggest thing I've talked to people about over and over again. Anything that steals your affection for God, let's define that better. Anything that steals your affection where you don't want to pray, okay, you don't want to read your Bible, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to church. Or if you're in church, you don't want to worship God. You want to sit there like a bump on a log. Sure. Whatever steals your affection from the Lord and worship of Him yeah. and, and fellowshipping with His people, those are the things we should avoid. And uh, and so, the, and, and that's why I say backsliding is subtle. Okay. You know, it may not always be what we would call sinful behavior. I mean, you, I, I have seen people backslide because they had to have all their children in activities that took their kids out of church on Sundays and Wednesdays, yeah. and then they wonder why all these things are happening. What they don't realize is that is backsliding. Yes. Because something took the place of my worship to God, my fellowship with the saints, my affection for Christ. Something was better than that. Something's more important. Yes, it's more important. More important. There's nothing wrong with baseball. Yeah. You know. Now, now I, let, let me turn around here, and I'm going to take a look at the word backsliding here in the uh, concordance here, and I'm trying to, uh, sug, <laughs> amazing, the word is sug here, backslide, S-U-G, and it says to move away to backslide, okay, so here's some, here's some uh, terms that are to turn back, to turn aside, to turn away. And um, and here's another one that's interesting. It says to flinch by implication, and then figure to to apostatize. Yes. Now here, the thing here is, is that now I'm going to ask you this question: Can I one day? I'm a Christian. I'm going strong for God, and all of a sudden, I trip, or I stub my toe, and something comes out of my mouth that shouldn't come out of my mouth. And then immediately, boom, am I backslidden at that no, point? of course not. Of course not. I mean, in fact, Scripture gives us indication that people are going to sin. You know, I think that's when people, First John, I'm talking about the little John yeah. in the back. A lot of people pick that part. They pick an apartment on reading in context. Obviously, he was talking about practicing sinning versus the occasional sinning. Because what does he say in the first chapter? If anyone sins, he is to confess his sins. We have an advocate with the Father. We can we can confess yes. our sins. Mm-hmm. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Obviously, 
we're not making an excuse for sinning, but none of us no. are perfect this side of heaven. So, no, backsliding is not, I it's do something wrong from time to time. sudden and boom, you're no, gone. No, it's not a sudden yeah. event. It, and that's why I said backsliding is subtle. And, 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 and another word that we can attach with this, because it really does, well, it's, it's attached to it, is the ideal of deception. No one who is backslidden, I'm talking about right now, that, that, that they're away from God, Mm-hmm. No one is in that condition that's not deceived. Okay. okay. So now it's not that you couldn't wake up from it. Maybe they're going to listen to this podcast and realize, hey, man, I'm hey, away from God. Yeah, I mean, but... I don't know what I'm doing, and get right with the Lord. I, sure. That would be our hope. Yes. Um. But uh. But but you know, people they backslide when they they're deceived, and and the deception could be as subtle as subtle can be. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, and and, and let me let me explain some. Uh, uh, things about the deception I was over a over a house me and my son were and we were trying to help somebody with their with their cable uh, their their satellite or whatever it was uh, yeah. that they had set up and for some reason they could not their nephew or someone a relative had come over and set it all up and they thought that it was on this setting okay and and they were flustered and, and, and so we said we'll come over and we'll see what we can do and so my son figured it out real quick. It just wasn't on the right setting. Okay. And so he switched it over. He said, what happened? What happened? He said, it's not on that setting. No, no, no. It's on that setting. I know that it's on that setting. And that's what, it, and, and, and he, he had to flip back. Here's that setting. Here's it's the, the other one. Here's your satellite. And had to do it three times. In order for them to. Now, that's something simple. And it's yeah. silly. But, but that describes deception. Now, that's not something that's going to hurt you right there other than you can't watch your cable. All right. But when someone believes something that is false, yes, that affects your relationship with God and steals your affection and you believe that's more important, mm-hmm. that's something that will cause backsliding. Okay. And, and so there's nobody who's backslidden that's not deceived. That's true. That, that makes because sense. If yeah. you, because if you love God, and you have an affection for the Lord, the only thing that can steal that is deception. Yeah. Something so that means pulling I've you gotta, away. Something I've got to be looking at something else. Turning you aside. Yeah, turning turn you, whether me. it's backwards, sideways, but you're turned aside. Mm-hmm. It says you lose focus. Yes, I lose focus. You lose focus. Okay, so okay, so we got the backslider here doing this. Let me let me let me uh, give a little bit of history, and then I want to. There's a couple of subjects I want to kind of pull out here, but I'll give a little history of Israel. Now, uh, Hosea, and let me pull this up here on my uh, on my uh, list here. And Hosea, where are you? Hosea eleven seven says, "And my people are bent to backsliding from me." Now, hold on just a second. My people are bent to backsliding from me. He was talking about Israel. He was talking about the people uh, of Israel or what have you. And when you're bent on something, it's just, you just keep doing it. Yeah. That you, you are, you are, that's what, you know, you're bent to backslide. In other words, you can't, uh, you keep doing it. Uh, Though they called them to the most high, none, none at all would exalt him. Um, and it goes on, Isaiah talks about the offenses are many in your sight. But anyway, let me explain a little bit of history of Israel. Israel, from the start, were a, um, well, the, I think he said they were hard-hearted or what have you, stiff-necked people, stiff-necked, stiff-necked people. people. And even to the point when Moses was taking them across, and they were there at the mountain, and he was up there getting the Ten Commandments, they became impatient because they were waiting for him and they, they had to wait too long. And so, because what happened when they waited too long, what did they do? They went and they got themselves a golden idol or a golden calf or what have you, which was of the idols in that area in that, in, during their time. And they started worshiping. Yes. That idol, right from the start. And by the way, they had to collect enough uh, gold, jewelry, stuff Mm -hmm. to form this thing. Yeah. I don't know how big it was. So they went and had an offering. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm okay. But anyway, they gathered all of it together. They melted it. They made the idol. 
okay, and they started worshiping the idol. But you see, this wasn't the first occasion to, for them to do that. They were bent on backsliding. And, you know, the interesting thing, the word bent being used there, and I'd be kind of curious of the, uh, I don't know what that Hebrew word there is, but, you know, that's what iniquity is defined. You know, when it says, especially when you're reading Isaiah 53, he was bruised for, you know, yeah. our iniquities or, you know, when different types of sins for our iniquity. Yeah. And the iniquity there is defined as a bent Yes. It's what you're bent toward. In other words, it, it, it implies deliverance. In other words, you might have been raised with a certain concept or ideal or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, and so it's it's amazing that he uses the word bent mm -hmm. there, that they're they're bent toward what they're doing. And uh, and so, you know, obviously you can be born with a bent, but this isn't what he's talking about. Yeah. He's talking the, about this is the turning. type of sin that keeps yeah. bugging you. Yeah. That you are, that you cannot get a hold, get rid of, and it keeps on, you try to put it down, you pray and all that, it just keeps on coming back at you. Yeah. Coming back at you. And one of these days we do need to pull out, there's so many different flavors of sin that we, but anyway. Um, but then when you look at Israel, you go down the line. They would go, and then you started looking down at the kings of, of Israel. And then they would be going into uh, idol worship. They would build altars. They would go back and forth with God. They wanted at one time to be able to hold on to the world and hold on to God at one time. God was not having any of that. And they would do this over and over again. I mean, what... I mean that is. I mean, if you do any study in the in the in the Old Testament, whether we're talking about First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, yeah. First and Second Chronicles, and of course some of the major prophets deal with these things too. But that's what they would do. They would get a godly king, and 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 they would start. You know, their bent would come back toward God. In other words, their affection would. They they might tear down idols. They might do all this yeah. stuff. But then all of a sudden, they're going to get an ungodly ruler. And uh, and what are they going to do? They're going to start worshiping Baal. They're going to the Moloch. They're they're going to the, the Astroth. They're going to get involved in all of this stuff. And yeah. what would God do? You know, all of a sudden they have problems all over again. And and eventually, what God says, enough is enough. Yes. And uh, and that's where we get the Assyrians taking over Israel. Then we have the Babylonians who take in not only all of Assyria, but they took in then uh, Jerusalem or Judah, yeah. you know, and, and brought them into captivity. And, you know, I've often thought about that, that, you know, that you're talking about about 603 B.C., mm -hmm. that that captivity, as far as Israel is concerned, they're, lasted until 1948. Yeah. I mean, in other words, they're under somebody. Yes. Uh, up until that time. And, and that's severe, you know, that, that is severe. God's not going to put up with idol worship. He, he is not, he is a jealous God yes. in the 10 commandments. He is a jealous God. He visits the iniquity upon generations of people Yes. to the, it, it's amazing. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. That's right. And, and backsliding is when I take something and I make it more important than God. Than God. And the subtleness of it is, it may not be Baal, or I may not be, you know, taking my children. Yeah, you're not over there mullet, worshiping the devil or something, or but, worshiping you know, another idol. But something's but, my affection. Yeah, something takes your affection. And that's, that's the thing that I think we need to focus on. Because here it is, anything that will replace your love or your dedication and commitment to God can well be, um, I guess, instrumental in causing you to backslide. Certainly. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier uh, about the subject of Demas. And, and, and you know, and, yeah. and what was amazing about this is it never really dawned on me. I mean, I knew where it was. I've used it I've, many times. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it, it hit me today where it was. It was in Second Timothy 4. Yeah. And, uh, and that is the argument that Paul started in the third chapter about the the, the, the last days would be difficult. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he talked about people be lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, yeah. rather than lovers of God. Yeah. Having a form of godliness. And so this is going to play a part here. Okay. But here we go. Here, here we got Demas here. 
and, uh, and, and he says in verses 9 and 10, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. And he has departed for Thessalonica. And, you know, and so the, the question you have to ask yourself is, what happened to Demas? Because it's obvious from other things that Paul wrote about him. Yes. That he did love God. He was a faithful companion with Paul in the ministry. Mm-hmm. What happened to Demas? I mean, you know, in, in my in, in the way I look at it, I I think it was a girl. I mean, I, yeah, I okay. think it was someone. All it right. was someone he met in Thessalonica. You know, because he was there with Paul. Sure. To begin with, and so Paul was there about three weeks. Think about this: he met somebody, and later that pulled him away from the ministry pulled him away from Paul. Paul said he loved this present world, so this relationship must have been outside of God's plan. Yeah. And uh, and so... Well, listen, listen, if you look at what he was talking about there, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying the power. And then he keeps on... And all of the stuff he's listening, then he started talking about Demas. Yes. And the thing is, is if it was a girl, okay, and not saying we're not, you know. We don't know that. We don't know that for a fact. But if it was, but you see, what is one of the chief things that can pull a person away from God? Relationships. Relationships. And I'm talking intimate relationships here. And the thing here is, is that's that's why we, 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 we were talking for some time about how that, you get involved, you or I, any of us get involved with somebody of the in a relationship. And whether it is, well, first of all, marriage, I mean, that's, that's, I'm going to tell you what the, the Bible says do not be equally, unequally, unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yes. I mean, that you can't be more plain. And, and, and what we do as well, and how we teach that. Is not, it, it's not just marriage. It's who you go into business with. Yeah. It's uh, it's who you go on vacation with. It's it's you know it's the close friends you have. Psychology teaches us that we are the sum of the five closest people in our life. Okay. And so if I have out of that five, let's say I have one guy in there that's not a Christian. He may be a decent guy. Yeah. But, you know, but he, he doesn't love God. He doesn't go to church anywhere. He has no, you know, he may not be anti-God, but he's obviously not, you know, a believer. Yeah. He's not, you know, that's going to have an impact on my, if, if I'm close to that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm, I, when I say close, yeah. this is someone I go play Frisbee golf with. Yeah. This is someone that I may go out and eat with from time to time. I might go over to their house and have fellowship with him and his family, and they come over to my house and they have fellowship with me. That's defined as a close friend. The Bible is very clear. Anyone that would be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And you see, those. It doesn't those, mean that I can't yeah. be friendly with somebody that doesn't know the Lord. No. My obligation to them is to preach the gospel. Yes. Yes. But those five that we were talking about, those five people, yes. they are an influence yes, they on are. your life. And so the five closest, if I get two people that don't love God, what that probably means is somewhere in there, unless I don't listen to the Holy I'm probably already deceived if I've done this. Yeah. But assuming that I don't get this taken care of, I'm probably going to backslide. Mm-hmm. It's going to be subtle. And so, you know, how those things, how Demas, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I really don't. I'm just summarizing that I think it was a girl. I think it was a relationship. It was something. Something pulled his heart away from the ministry. Something, I mean, think about it. We, I, I, I just look at it like this. It was the Apostle Paul. Yes. I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, obviously, Titus and Timothy didn't have this problem. Luke didn't have this problem. No. And a few other people he mentioned that he said. But but Demas loved this present world. John, in 1 John says, it tells us not to love the world or the things of the world because the love of the Father is not in it. And anyone who claims to love God and loves the world, world. is a liar. Yes. I mean, you, you can't be. It, it's, it's just so simple. I, I pulled this up. This is from Dake. Okay. Uh, annotated reference notes. I have this on software. 
And I'm, I just want to read it. It's just it's just something okay. he said about Second Timothy four ten about demons. And so he, he starts out by demons, and of course he's using King James. Demons hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So he said Demas was once a minister, and a fellow laborer with Paul. He gives Colossians four fourteen. He was a minister. Yeah, and and and, and anyway, and then he said he had by this time uh, of the writing here grown cold in his experience with Christ and had gone back into the world again. Here it is clear uh, to what extent he was backslidden. He loved this present world. And according to 1 John 2, 15-17, anyone who loves the world does not have the love of God in him. And, and then he asked a question, if the love of God is not in him, he cannot possibly be saved. I mean, it's a good question. If you don't love, how can you be saved? He's going to ask another question here, but here's a question that I thought was very interesting. He said, is it conceivable that God will take people to heaven who do not love him? No. And and I, and I think that's pretty clear from Scripture. That no, is clear. No. no absolutely and then not. he puts it, and then he sort of answers it. He said, if this man, uh, that is Demas, did love God at one time, which is clear, from uh, Philemon 24. Yeah. There, it's yeah, he did it at one time he did. Then how did he become separated from the love of God? And he used Romans 8, 35 through 39. I mean, that's a good question right there. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Dake was an Arminian in theology. Yes. So all our Calvinist friends that are listening, yeah. I mean, we're not trying to make fun of you. No. These are important questions. I don't think it is clear cut on either side. Okay. And I, I want to make that, there, there's a reason that people have been arguing about these two points. Yeah. Because okay. there is scripture that looks Arminian, and there are scriptures that look Calvin. Okay, I, I get that. And we're not going to settle that dispute yeah. right now. <laughs> no. But I think it's interesting. He, he said, well, so, so if he did love God at one time, which is clear from mm -hmm. scripture, well, then how did he become separated from that love? And, and if we were to read Romans eight thirty five through thirty nine, it says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. No. Well, how did he get separated from it? And then, and then he asked another question: Was God responsible for him loving this present world and forsaking Paul? And if not, who was? And uh, and he goes on to talk about free moral agency and uh, yeah. That, yeah. that God doesn't you know make people serve him and this and that and that's his spin on it but those are good questions and they should be asked how did Demas backslide well the, well you have Demas as a minister of God he yeah. was right there he was with Paul that means he probably preached and taught and ministered yes. he probably laid his hands on people yeah and, and when they were praying he it was he was a part of the ministry he wasn't just your average believer that pops into church three times a month, maybe. No. You know, no, this dude was active in ministry. And so how does he get involved in this? And and I think relationship. Of Relationships sort, are a big and you or see that, it was some kind of financial thing where yeah. he could make money back there, someone he met, and this looked more lucrative than what he's doing. It could mm -hmm. be anything, but something stole his affection. And here's the question. What is that one thing? That could happen, or you could get, you get involved with, or what have you, that could pull you away from God. If there is something that could happen, like uh, I always ask, is there a tragedy or something that could happen that would where you would turn your back on God, or if something if you got involved in a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or even married them, what have you? Uh, or business like you were talking, Pastor, or, or whatever, that could literally draw you away from God where you'd say, ah, I don't want to go to church anymore. I want nothing to do with God. I want to, get, I want to go this other direction. Then, you're, again, we talked about the foundation. There's a, there's a crack in that foundation. There's something there, there's wrong. E there's either a crack in it or they never had one. Yeah, and uh, you know, so it's it's yeah, something's, something's definitely wrong in how we built our walk with God, and uh, so you know, I had a I had a relative. This is years ago, and uh, and this particular relative um, ended up uh, moving in with us. The gentleman was single. Okay, and he ended up uh, moving in with <clears throat> us for just a short time, uh -huh. and he ended up marrying one of the the girls in our church. 
Okay. And, uh, and, 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 you know, he was a Christian. I mean, he was faithful to come to church, and he had he got a job. He wasn't a local. You know, he was working. Yeah. And stuff. But, I mean, he was pretty faithful. And then all of a sudden, he gets married. Okay. And, and, and so the girl he married was super faithful. You know what I mean? You know, came to all services, okay. everything, all like that. And so everything seemed to be okay. And then, and then all of a they had their first kid. And I start seeing less and less of them. And so, you know, I asked, I said, well, hey, man, what's going on? Well, you know, I mean, we have a, you know, I mean, you know, we have a kid and we have this and that, whatever. I said, what, you think you're the only believer in this world that's ever had been married and had children? And, and, and you, you think that's a reason why you're not being faithful to God and you're not coming to church like you should? Uh-huh. And, and he, it, it stunned him when I said that. Man, I, I pointed out people yeah. in the church. You know, I didn't use myself as an example because I'm the minister. Yeah. You know, so you, you got your kid, we had to go. You know, yeah. you're, you're paid by the church, so you have to be there. <laughs> so I can't go. use myself as an example. Yeah. You know, so I've sat there. That, that's why when I had two years out of pastoral ministry, I loved it because then I was able to deal with that subject and didn't, couldn't, no, I, you know, yeah. I was free. Nobody could accuse me of this. Anyway, but. Um, so, you know, and, 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 and by the way, when I said outside of pastor ministry, I was doing other ministry. Other ministry other than being a pastor. I hadn't forsaken the ministry. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anything okay. like that. But, um, but anyway, so, so you know, I, I pointed out other people in the church and, and what, you know, all these different people that had children. And they're here for every service. Yes. And they're leaders. Some of these are leaders in the church. Uh-huh. They get involved. I said, well, you're the only person in all of Christianity that had children. Yeah. You know, and I, and I reminded him about that parable that Jesus gave. Well, you know, he sat there and said, well, I bought a, I bought a piece of land so I couldn't come. Yes. And someone else said, well, I bought some oxen and I had to go test them out like you couldn't do it any other time. I always make and, an and, excuse. And then the last guy said, yeah. oh, I got married. And you know what I mean? And, you and, you and, know, and, you and, look at that and then when you start thinking about all the excuses that married people bring up, bring about, you hear... You start saying, "Now I know why he said that." Yeah, I got married. I took me a I, wife. I, I, I take. I took me a wife. I mean, uh, yeah, like that's the only explanation I need. So, if getting married, having children, or anything happens in your life, and that keeps you away from worshiping God in a local church, yeah. then you're deceived. Yes, and you're backslidden. Yeah. And you said deception, and this is true. Um, I, I kind of it was bringing to mind one of the uh, Christian artists, or one of the current ones. They had a song. I think it was Casting Crowns. They had a song called "Slow Fade." Now this was talking specifically about men and how being drawn away, you know, yeah. and that. But you see, the thing is, when you're talking about backsliding, like we had said, you don't just trip over a rock and boom, you're gone. No, no. It's a slow fade. And there's certain things that occur that will pull you, that can pull you away. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, Pastor. What are the symptoms of a backsliding person? Okay, well, I, the, the two that are, that most people don't see until it's too late, unless people like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, well, I don't want to get into that all over again. But it, I, I just say when I counsel people, these are the two things I talk to them about. And without fail, without fail, these are problem areas. Okay. But but the first one is uh, people just quit praying. They quit praying. And I'm not talking about deep prayer. I'm talking about they don't even talk to God anymore. You okay. Know? And, and that's something that people don't notice right away. But if you're in that condition and you there was a time when you did pray, and you're not praying right now, you are in danger Yes. of backsliding. Yes. Um, and then reading the Bible. I'm not talking about going to a Bible college. I'm talking about just opening your Bible and reading it. Yeah, they stop reading yeah, their Bible. Yeah, they just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's it's so ironic. But but the, the signs that everyone sees, the first one is you start missing church. Okay, you start missing church. And it church. starts being habitual. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's going to miss church from time to time. I mean, there could be things that come up. I mean, we're not 
you know, I, I missed this last Wednesday night service yeah. because I had to be in Bryan College Station. Yeah. And we had a training there, so I was able to be here. Yeah. In fact, the training went so long, I didn't even get to go to church in Bryan, which I intended to yeah. at Heights Assembly of God Church. I was, okay. I wanted to go, sure. and I, I couldn't get to it. Yeah. And, uh, and and so that was disappointing because I was going to meet someone there that we, we really wanted to reconnect with in yeah. life and didn't get to do it. But uh, but but you know, but that 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 can happen to anyone. People go on vacations. We, yes. we get it. Okay. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people just sit at home. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not sick. There's nothing wrong with them. And uh, and and, I, and the way I like to put it is, if you see someone come to church, and everyone's like, oh. Look, they're here. They're here. There's something wrong. Yeah, there is something wrong. There's something but, wrong. You know, even I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit a step further. You go you start missing church, right? Yeah. You miss the first time, the second time, the third time. But as the times go more and more, it starts getting easier and easier to not go to yes, church. Yes, it it does. And here's a little little we talk about little dirty secrets. This is the dirty secret. When people decide that I'm gonna get out of church for Three months, six mm -hmm. months, a year, maybe longer. And then all of a sudden they think, you know, I need to start going back to church. It is not as easy no. as it sounds. The longer you stay out, the harder, not impossible, no, the harder it will be to get back in. Yeah. And and that's that's what the devil doesn't want you to know. Mm -hmm. See, he's he's he has subtle ways of of telling you it's okay. What difference does it make? And you you have enough. Or you, 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 have can, enough, you can watch it on TV. Yeah, you can just watch it on TV. You know, it, 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 I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. Go ahead. You, you sit there and you can be, I'm just watching Joel Osteen every day. You know, and I watch him and I just get so blessed and all like that. What you're watching is a false teacher. Yeah. You're watching somebody that doesn't We, we talked about gospel. this. We had two um, um, uh, podcasts about it. Church Substitutes. We talked about yeah. television, Christian television. We talked about the internet, listening to old Cat Kerr or whoever you want to put on there, uh, on, on the prophetic hotline or whatever yeah. that thing is. And and uh, you, you start listening to that, but that's substituting going to church. Yeah, and people, but, and, and people do it. And that's deception in itself. And even if you were listening to somebody that is solidly biblically based, by the way, that's not Cat Courage or Osteen. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to think I said that. Yeah. Yeah, because we mentioned their name specifically. Yeah. But, but the point is, even if you were listening, even if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. And you're saying, well, you know what? I'm I'm listening to the Foundations podcast, and, yeah. and I'm getting ministry, and and I'm hearing about different things in the Word of God, and it's a blessing to me. This is not a substitute for you no, going to church. No, it's a supplemental. Yes, it's something and, that'll uh, help you along the way. But at the same time, you need to be in church every yes. time that 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 you can. Well, and once again, you know, and there'll be someone that will listen to this or watch it, and they'll say, "Oh, well, they're just all hung up on that." Here's the point. The whole New Testament is written to a local church of some form or kind. It is. It emphasizes the Jerusalem church, the church at Antioch, the church at Corinth, the church at Thessalonica, the church at Cosalea. I mean, on and on and on. Even the pastoral epistles, Timothy mm -hmm. was put in Ephesus to run the church there. Titus was put in Crete. I mean, everything is to the church. The revelation. Revelation. When he was, he specifically churches in Asia. Yeah, Niner. named all, he named the specific yeah. local churches. And Jesus said, "On this rock, I'll build, build my, my church, church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." And and so you know, yes, that's God's method. That's God's way. And and by the way, before there was the word uh, ecclesia used. Yes. I mean, they had synagogue worship. Mm -hmm. And things way before that, and and even Jesus is custom. He goes into the synagogue as his custom was. It was his habit to go, and uh, and that's where he picks up the scroll of Isaiah and talks about the spirit of the Lord's upon me. Okay, everything is about the church. Another way to say it is, if you're not in the church, you're not in with the Lord. Yeah. And, and the thing is, when you're at church, you need to be actually pulling the trigger when you're at church. You need oh, to yes. be part participant in there. You know, what What really, you know, as a, as a uh, worship leader, one thing that kind of 
grinds against me every once in a while is when you see people out there just staring with their arms crossed or whatever. They've got other people that are worshiping the Lord and participating in the song service and in the, in the praise and worship. But then you got those ones that are back there. They, you know, it's like they're bored. They don't, whatever. They're not, they're not participating. So no. to me, when I look at that, and I'm, I'm going to be very blunt about this. To me, there's something wrong. That there's just something. Oh, there's why something. aren't they connecting? There, there's something wrong. If, if you cannot worship God, there's something wrong. Yeah. Obviously, your affection toward the Lord is not there. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and who knows why people do what they do? But yeah, it's it it it's really sad. You know, one of the other things we're talking about a symptom. Yeah, it's missing church. Yeah, that's symptoms. A, that's a big one. But maybe before we even get there, we have an issue of uh, social media. Oh. And post and, and the it, things it, that people post on yeah. social media. And someone said, well, I thought they were a Christian. And boy, look at that. That's F this and F that. <laughs> and, and you're just like, yeah. not only is it something wrong, but what kind of testimony? They're, they're are posting, you? Uh, you know, pictures that are not nice. I mean, the, you know, they're either they're telling the dirty jokes there, they're cussing, they're what have you. And the problem here is there's something wrong there. There's yes. something you're, because when you look at when he, when God says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Yeah. When he, when he talks about uh, that and, um, you know, your testimony, I mean, goodness, if I'm going to try to testimony, oh, this is the Lord changed my life and I'm living the same way as every uh, other sinner that doesn't know God. Something didn't change my life. My yeah. life isn't changed. Well, you know, I don't know how you could do that. I mean, I, yeah, I'll give an example here. Uh, we had a, a leader in our church. Uh, this has been several years back. Right. And, um, and and this particular leader, uh, very intricately a part of the church. Yeah. But all of a sudden, uh, I saw some changes in this person. Okay. And it was a, a lady. Right. And uh, but anyway, I, I saw some changes uh, in her. Uh, one of the first changes I saw is that she was missing church a lot more. Okay. And uh, and then you know, and I talked to her about it. I said, "Hey, you know, what's going on? Are you okay?" And you know, because well, we always try to you know be sweet to people as much as we can. You know, I mean, we, sure. we, we're not mean to people. Yeah. And uh, but then it went from there to all of a sudden she met someone. Okay, we're talking about relationships with this demons. This person now. she met did not go to church anywhere. Okay. And I looked at her and I said, what are you doing? I said, why? Well, we're trying to warm him up to come to church. We don't missionary date. This is an older woman. Oh, wow. Yeah, I said older woman, you know, 40s probably. Okay. Anyway, I said, we don't missionary date. That's not how we do things. No. No, you run as hard after God. This is what we tell all our young people. You run as hard after God as you can. Mm -hmm. And then you look over to your right and left and see who's running with you. Yes. And then if you want to pray about something, that's how you pray about it. Yeah. God, is that the one? Or is that the one? Or is it someone else? Yeah. You don't start dating people that don't have a passion for God that don't want to go to church. Even they go to church, you know. You, you don't. You don't. You don't want to date anybody that's not as passionate about God as you are. Hmm. You know, and, and that's that, that's just a simple thing there. Uh, and so what it, what it boiled down to is all of a sudden these posts started happening on Facebook, and I'm seeing posts uh, with her going out of town with this gentleman. Okay. And the only people in the picture is her and him. Okay. And there was things in the post that were, well, we have, we have, how do we put this? This will be interesting because we do have pastors that listen to this. Yeah. We have a standard in our church that I believe is based in scripture. And it, it deals with the issue of alcohol. Okay. Okay. And so what we tell everyone, what you do in your house with that is your business. Sure. The the prohibition is drunkenness. 
Yeah, that's what the Bible that is says. A be drunk with wine. I can show says, you all kinds of scripture yeah. that talks about wine being a beneficial thing. I can talk to you about all kinds of warnings in scripture that tell you it's a danger. Yeah, that's between you and God. But what is not between you and God alone is social drinking. We do not. I don't. I. I, I don't want to see pictures of you on Facebook. Yeah, social drinking. I don't want to hear about how you went somewhere and someone says, hey, they were over there having a beer. And you say, well, we weren't getting drunk. I don't want to hear that. No. Because what you're doing is you're being an example, uh, a bad example to other people. And uh, and I believe you're being a stumbling block to people. Yeah. You, yes, that and, can be. Uh, you should flee the appearance of evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you never know what kind of impact somebody knows you go to church here. Somebody knows you're a leader in the church here. Yeah. And they see you having a beer. Now, maybe you don't have a problem with it. Maybe you're a, a moderate person. You never get drunk. You never do that. But what happens to this guy who's struggling with an alcohol addiction? And he sees you and says, oh, I guess it's okay. Yeah. And he, he gets licensed from watching watch what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And so he... he I said, we, we don't cause people to stumble. No. And no. so our standard in the church is the prohibition is drunkenness. If I find that you're getting drunk, that's a problem. Yeah. Second is we do not socially drink yes. in public. And we don't put these things on Facebook. Yeah, you don't say, yeah. And so, pictures anyways, we all so do I, I get the little backdrop there. Okay. So this all person right. knew all that. Okay. And so now I'm seeing alcohol beverages on the table. Okay. You know, glasses of wine, a beer, a mug, you know, it's alcohol. And, and, and I'm just like, what is happening? Because this was out of the ordinary uh, for this individual. Sure. And so eventually I had to have a conversation with them. Okay. And uh, in this very office that we're doing this podcast. All right. And, uh, and I just looked and I said, people are asking questions because they were. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're a leader in this church. And I, I mentioned about the alcohol. You know what our standard is. And uh, and I said, and secondly, all I see is you and the other gentleman or your children with you. I don't know. Nobody knows because I don't There's see. There's no picture of you're, children you're there. You're here and there and yeah. other states the two or of them whatever out. and you're going. Are you staying in the same motel room or you have separate rooms? You understand the kind of questions that people have. Now, the answer to that was silence. That told me everything I need to know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what is that? That's yeah. backsliding. How do you get from I'm a, a, a passionate worshiper of God where I'm sharing a motel room with someone that doesn't know God and I'm having an adulterous relationship with them. How do you get there? You know, yeah. there's there's some things that went wrong way before we got there. Yeah. Those are the subtle things. I can almost guarantee you when that happens, prayer is out the window. Oh, I'm sure. not spending time in the Word. The reason I'm not going to church is because my affection on something else is more important than my walk with God. Yeah. And somebody says, well, what, what, what you know, what, that, that, that may just happen from time to time. You're putting your, your, yourself in eternal uh, peril. Yes, you are. You know, sinners in the hand, hands That's of an angry God. God. Yes. And he paints a picture <laughs> in your mind of sinners walking over a rotted mat stretched out over hell. And he says he can break through at any time. And that's what happens when we're deceived. We walk, you know, in a way that's not pleasing. What is a, I can't remember where it's at in Proverbs. It says there is a way that seems right to a man. In other words, it seems right. Yeah. But the end of that way is a way of death. death. And, uh, and and so those are, and someone says, well, what is the protection then? I mean, how can I, well, the, really, the how can I not be deceived? Well, first of all, you do an inventory of your life. Is there anything that's more important than my worship of God? Yeah. Is there something that, that 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 if I lost it, that I'd just fall apart like a cheap two dollar suitcase? Well, those things need to go. Yes. They, or they need to have the right priority. Uh, God yeah. dealt with me about something. I mean, they, oh man, I was in my thirties. I was a rabid Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh huh. You know, and I mean, you know, I was raised as a Dallas Cowboy fan, 
and uh, you know, and when you when you watch a team win Super Bowls, it, it, it's it's a delightful thing, and uh, you know, and and so you know, uh, you know that I, I love the Chicago Bulls because back then when you had cable, you had WGN, yeah, which you saw all the Chicago Bull mm-hmm. basketball games. And of course, that Michael Jordan when he first came in the league and watching him, and yeah. you knew he's going to be great. Never knew he was going to be that good, but he, he yeah. turned out that. So I got to watch his whole, you know, career going up and and stuff. And and then I would watch, uh, 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 you know, not only them, but I watched the San Antonio uh, Spurs, Spurs, yeah. and watch them. Mm-hmm. And then I also like to watch uh, the Longhorns. Okay. Uh, you football. You know, yeah, Longhorns. Uh, yeah, yeah, the football, and sometimes our basketball. And, and, and then I, what else did I watch? Oh, I, I love to watch. Uh, well, I started watching the uh, New York Yankees because uh, we had a Filipino lady that moved here with, the, with her, you know, and stuff like that. So she would come over our house mm-hmm. now, when my wife was there. But anyway, she'd come over. And I'll still never forget, she, she would say, you're going to watch the Yankees? Because everybody knew the Yankees. I, I didn't really want to, but I said, yeah. sure, let's turn it on. And, of course, they were winning championships and all that kind of <clears> stuff. <throat> and, and, and the Lord dealt with me about this and 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 when i say he spoke to me that's a subjective thing to everyone but i really feel like the lord spoke to my heart yeah and said you can't do this anymore you cannot watch all these different games you're gonna have to pick one okay and i knew what he meant because when you know every person on a roster you know multiple things. You, you know how much time you had to spend watching. Yes, you had all a lot that. of time. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't something sinful. Mm-mm. You know, it wasn't that I wasn't going to church. I was a minister of the gospel. Sure. You know what I mean? But but it was stealing some of my affection, and I didn't realize that. I didn't think of it like that. And the Lord said, "You you can't do this anymore. You kind of have to pick one." And so I said, "Well, that's simple. I'll pick the law for us." There you go. I mean, we burn orange, you know, so yeah, we'll pick that. And now I can honestly say that I rarely watch anything anymore. It went from that to all, basically nothing over a few years. But, uh, and it hadn't hurt me. Dallas is not that good yeah. and, and all like that. So I, I got, well, yeah, at least I got to see him in the glory years before God spoke to me about it. Yeah. But, but, but what was that about? That was my affection. Yeah. And, so uh, something, something that, yeah, affection that is pulling you away from God. You know, this this could be in the form of like I think we've used an example. Of your you, the kids they all are involved in all sorts of activities, and you're that's more. It's taking you away from church. Things that are pulling you away from church. Things that are taking your time from reading the Bible. Things that are taking your time from praying. Well, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. You know, the church. I, this is kind of a funny story. Yeah. But uh, and, and and by the way, we have problems with that. We have problems with that in our own church. Yeah. And uh, and and people get involved with their children in activities. And I and I wish all the Christians of this city that have children would stand up to these people that that put the soccer and baseball games and all this stuff on Sunday and Wednesday. Sundays and would just stand up and say, if that's the way you're going to do it, we're you not can do whatever. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Sure. If they would just unify on that, they could change that because it used to not be that way. When I was a kid, we didn't have practice. We didn't have games on Wednesdays or mm-hmm. Sundays or any other thing like that. So it well, There was a respect and a reverence, a respect for church and understanding that that was very important in people's well, lives. Well, let's just put it this way. If you're sitting there and your kid playing baseball, football, basketball, soccer, whatever, is more important than you being in church. Yeah. And you have you you have your kid. First of all, you're telling your kid that that's more important than worship of God. Yeah. That's the first thing you're doing. And the and the second thing you're doing, you're not being the you're not training your child up in the way of the Lord. That's no, not how you no. do it. I'm not against any of those things. I'm just saying how what I'm against is missing church to do them. Sure. And that is sinful. Yeah. And if somebody's out there listening, you need to understand this. That is sinful. And you will answer to God if you do not stop it. And that is that you might as well just be taking them to a place where they can worship an idol. Yeah. Because you have made that an idol. Yes. And there is no difference. I, I, I was a, a little frustrated about this a number of years ago. And, 
and I decided uh, that I was going to illustrate something, and I got with one of the young men in the church, and I said, look, and his name was Emmett, and I said, Emmett, I'm going to take this, it was a softball. All right. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a demonstration in the service. What I'm going to do, I'm going to throw that softball to you at the back of the church, and I want you to, to catch it. Okay. And so I got into my message, and I was really kind of winding in there. I don't even remember what to do it. But I talked about, you know, how many people are going to go to hell over a baseball? Yeah. And I was talking about this issue of parents bringing their kids and skipping church and doing all that. And so I kind of got into my message, and I thought to myself, I thought, I can't throw it. I can't throw it up high because if I do, I might, this might not work out right. So I thought, I'm going to sling an underarm and I threw it hard. And when I threw it, when I let it go, <laughs> I it felt wrong. Okay. It, it, honestly, one of the board members had to duck. It was oh, up they there. Oh, they had to duck? I, probably, if he hadn't, I probably would have killed him. I threw it hard. Oh, my. And that thing went right in there. And, oh, Emmett, and when it hit his glove, it smacked hard oh wow and uh no harm no foul okay know. anyway but i thought not doing that demonstration again i got sent a board member it, to the hospital me, uh, taking a, <laughs> yeah. uh, illustrating aiken uh a sin you know yeah uh, not aiken sin uh uh agag uh, oh, you know, okay. when he comes, you know, there and said, is the bitterness of death passed? And I had this water billing out. And he, when it says Samuel hacked him in pieces. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, yeah. it, and I was talking about how we deal with sin. So I had a sword. And I went after that water billing. That didn't work out very good either. Uh-oh. I broke the sword. Uh, the watermelon shot out everywhere. I had, I, I had no con- I mean, chunks of it went everywhere. People still remember that. <laughs> the pastor hacking up the watermelon here. The more I hit it, the better it felt. But so, but but the point here is, you know, people backslide, and and nobody goes into it thinking I'm going to do this. No, I am convinced. That's why I believe deception is a part of it, mm-hmm. and and that's why we're saying sometimes it's not always that other story I told. Yes. Sometimes it can be baseball. Sometimes it can be an activity. It can be something that by itself is not evil or sinful. Mm-hmm. But anything, no matter what it is, if it steals your affection for Christ, yeah, and, and define that by it steals your affection from wanting to go to church, to worship God when you're there, you never want to pray, you never want to read your Bible, you never want to share your faith with anybody, yeah. then something is very, very wrong. Something is stealing your affection. Yeah. Whatever that is, it needs to be dealt with ruthlessly. I yeah, mean, you need, need to deal with like it. It's like Jesus talking about cut your hand off, away poke God. Your, pluck your eye out. Yeah. He wasn't he was talk he wasn't talking physically about that. He was talking about the 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 uh ideal of, of getting rid of anything. Mm-hmm. If that means friendships, now you don't get rid of your wife or husband. I'm no. not saying that, yeah. but you know, because you, you stuck with that. That's, that's you know, <laughs> that's the way it is. Hope you made the right decision on that one. Yeah. But but the point is, you you might not be able to do anything about the children you have or the wife or husband you have, but you can sure do something about the friends you have. Yes, you can. Now, <clears throat> yeah, I see that we're kind of winding down here. Uh, for part one, but the thing is, okay, well, what we're talking about here, priorities. God has to be your number one priority in your life. Yes. Commitment. When you give your life to Christ, you have made a commitment to Him. And I have too, both of us, all of us. We've made commitment to Him. And that we are going to do what He says and follow what He He tells us to do. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to make sure that we are at church. We are going to worship God. And we are going to continue on in Him because that is the most important thing in our lives. Now, to backslide is not a quick and easy thing that all of a sudden you trip and there you're gone. It's something that is slow fading. You're you're being pulled away, drawn away. Many things can draw us away. Number one, a relationship, which is really up there, I would say, at the top. Yes, it is. At the top. If you are in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, and they are making you, not, they're not making you, you make a decision to do, but 
uh, the thing is, if they're drawing you away in in the uh, relationships, they can go many ways. I mean, a sexual sin uh, that we talked about that last week, or they're drawing away. If they do not know God, you are being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Period. You know, this is this is very straight, and I'm I'm being you know the thing is we always try to gray area God, and I'm sorry he's not he's he's just, he's very straight on what he says, and with his relationships if they're pulling you away, if uh, things whatever like Pastor was saying if your affection is towards somebody else if that person could be something else could be a a hobby or. Uh, you know, or if your children, you're out there and you, you would rather take the children to all the ball games and all that and miss church, then there's something wrong. And ask, the, ask yourself the question, how important is God to me? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that should, I mean... That wow. shouldn't, as I mean, a Christian, it should be, there should be no, I mean, look no at, competition. Look, look at Paul here in Colossians 3. This is so, he said, if you're raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. If you're reading out of the King James, it says, set your affection. But here it says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And notice this. When Christ, who is our life, appears, he's talking about the rapture of the church here, mm -hmm. then you'll also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm -hmm. uh, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself, and this is a Paulism there, once lived. Yeah. That might have defined us in the past. It should not be our present reality. Before. No, no, no. And uh, we should we should be dedicated. Now, um, okay, okay. So uh, next week in our part two, we're going to talk about the unpardonable sin, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin. There's all sorts of terminology that we use for it. But we're gonna we're gonna go into that. Backsliding is very important in the fact that if you find yourself in any of these ways out here, that you're listening here and you're saying, "Man, you know, I'm not dedicated to church and I'm not going like I should. I, I'm not doing it as I, I used to." You need God forgives. That, that's, that's you know, the, God uh, uh, is rooting for you. In other words, He wants you. To, you need to, to make it. You need to repent. You just need just, to turn to God. Yeah. And confess that. God will forgive you for it. But it's more than just a confession with your mouth, your heart. You need to go back to church. You need yeah. to get involved in your church. You need to start reading your Bible. You need to pray. You need If you've got friendships that are drawing you away, get rid of them. And here's how you get rid of them. Start preaching the gospel to them. Yeah. They'll get rid of you. Trust me, they will get they'll rid of you. They'll either get saved or they'll get rid of you. <laughs> That's I never, true. I never had a struggle with this growing up yeah. in life. And that is because I presented the gospel to people. And people that don't love God don't want to hang around me. No. And, that, and so if, you, if you're a lover of God, you should love them enough to preach the gospel to them. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. So, all righty, we're going to wind up. Uh, next week, we're talking about the unpardonable sin, the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that. And there's a lot of people that are uh, that are bound. And Pastor, hopefully you'll share your testimony on yes, yeah. what happened there uh, with you. And thing is, is that uh, we there are so many opinions about this over the Internet. And I've heard so many preachers say di different things about what it is. It's their opinion. We're going to open up the Bible and we're going to look at what the Bible says about it specifically. And uh, th that's, that's the thing is that we always go back to the Bible. I would encourage you all to uh, continue to listen to the Foundations podcast. I mean, we've had, uh, we've been doing this, what, for the, since the front of the year. Uh, our viewership now, I, I'm, I'm amazed that we're always, we're right now, we're uh, normally uh, passing a thousand. I think it was 1,200 people viewed our podcast last week. That was amazing. We're, we're just, we're blessed. We're, we're grateful. 
to God for that. And I think it's because people really actually want to hear the word of God. They yeah. want somebody that, uh, the, you know, that they're going to listen that is solid teaching. You're going to take a stand and not, not mess with them. Not give all oh, what our opinions are or what have you, but it's going to be solid word. And uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, keep tuning in. Um, couple weeks here, August fifth, we're going to be having a live podcast uh, recording. Um, one of uh, one of the lady that we know who had uh, actually, when she was in her younger days, she was uh, the product of, uh, or she had was raped actually, date rape, I believe it was, but. Anyway, what, what had happened is, is she became pregnant and she had the courage and the uh, commitment to God to go ahead and have that baby. And we're going to talk with her about that and, uh, and uh, see, because uh, God doesn't like murder and God does not support abortion, period. No, he does not. No, he does not. And anyway, all right, y'all be blessed. Thank you for tuning in and we will be talking with you next week. Amen.